Welcome to episode 155 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. This show is the final episode in our three-part mini-series on lessons learned from seven-figure CPG brands. Over the past three episodes, I was joined by Adam Pollock of Rodeo CPG and Karen Samuelson and Allison Smith of Umai Marketing, and we talked all about how the most successful brands dial in their operations, fine-tune their retail strategies, and... Today, we're talking about their digital marketing strategies, plus what you can do in your very own business if you are on your way to becoming that household name and that million-dollar brand. You heard me announce it last week, but as a reminder, if you're catching this episode right when it airs, we are currently doing a giveaway for listeners of this mini-series. You will have the chance to win a one-on-one call with each of us at the end of this series. This giveaway is now open... Not for much longer though, and you can find the details in the show notes and outlined at the very end of this episode. Make sure you click through before end of day on July 21st. So today's episode, the very last in our series, shines the spotlight on Allison and Karen, the co-founders of Umai Marketing. Adam and I have the pleasure of interviewing them about their digital marketing strategies that they've used with their most successful clients. And in today's show, they outline their three core pillars of digital marketing. It's a great episode, and I know you're going to get a ton out of it. So don't forget, each of these three episodes in our mini-series build upon each other, so make sure to circle back and listen to Adam's episode on ops from two weeks ago and my episode on retail strategy from last week. I'm going to link the full series in our show notes as well. All right, Allison and Karen have a ton to teach us, so let's dive right in. I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready, my online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow their wholesale accounts. Retail Ready is opening for enrollment very soon. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and daily access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. The first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business, which I'll link to here in today's show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, plus information on Retail Ready, on my past clients, and how we can work together. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and I will see you there. Welcome, Adam, Allison, and Karen. We have made it to episode three of our three-part mini-series. Thank you for being here with me today. Welcome in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. 
Of course. All right. So this is our final episode and I am really excited. You guys know, if you've been listening to all of them, this is our three-part series on lessons learned from seven-figure CPG brands. We covered operations in our first episode and retail in our second episode. And today we are talking all about digital marketing. So again, the first episode two weeks ago, we heard from Adam Pollock, the VP of marketing at Rodeo CPG. And today we are turning our sights to digital marketing. As we mentioned last week, each of these episodes build upon each other. So if you haven't listened to the past two episodes in this mini series, go back and check them out. I'm going to link both of those past two episodes as long as well as all the resources from those shows in our show notes. So just like last week and the week before, Adam joins us again today, as well as Allison Smith and Karen Samuelson, the co-founders of Umai Marketing. I know we've all introduced each other week over week, but let's do it again for consistency's sake. Adam, I'm going to kick it to you first. Tell us what's Rodeo CPG? What do you do there? And then my off script question for you is tell me your favorite vacation destination. Okay. Yeah. So Rodeo CPG helps food and beverage brands uh, in a variety of different ways, uh, mostly with research and development operations and sales management. So kind of like, how do I bring an idea to life? Uh, How do I set up the infrastructure to actually make that thing? And then once I want to get on shelf, we, we help with the effort behind that. And we do that with, with services, but also increasingly with, with, with digital tools. So we have software that helps you plan and execute your, your retail sales effort. I head up marketing for Rodeo. So it's a lot of creating content like this and checklists and all sorts of other resources that will help the CPG community at large. And the, the favorite vacation destination, I would say for me, was uh, Japan. So spent two weeks there a couple of years ago, ate a tremendous amount of sushi and ramen um, and everything in between went all over and it was just totally awesome. Oh, I am jealous. Me too. That sounds delightful. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty epic. All right. Who do you want to pass the baton to for our intros? Uh, let's see. Uh, Karen, why don't you go for it? Hi, everybody. It's Karen again. I am one of the co-founders of Umai Marketing. We are a small boutique marketing agency out of Austin, Texas, and we focus on growing CPG brands through organic social, paid social, and email marketing. And my favorite vacation destination that's tough, but Hawaii is one of my favorite places to go when the humpback whales are migrating. Um, it's just a really magical time. <laughs> Do you have a favorite island? Um, I've only been to two, uh, but Maui is where I wish. I mean, I, I wouldn't live there because it's not my land to live on, um, but I would love to, you know, spend a month there every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just a wonderful place. Agreed. Awesome. Allison, you're up. Yeah. Um, so I'm the other co-founder of Umai Marketing. Uh, beyond being a boutique agency, we also have a course, the growth course, and we help CPG brands, generally younger brands or marketers who want to learn our strategies, our core three strategies for brand growth. Um, and I'm actually headed to Hawaii in about two weeks, Karen. So I might need to get some more tips from you. Uh, but favorite 
destination vacation is Guatemala. I went to Lake Atitlan last year around the same time. And it is just this gorgeous lake, volcanoes everywhere, crystal clear blue water. Just amazing. Amazing place. I probably oh. shouldn't spread the word, but too, <laughs> too late. <laughs> I love that this podcast is just going to turn into a travel podcast, know, right? Like, <laughs> we just talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Forget the marketing. We're just going to talk about <laughs> vacations from here on out. All right. Thanks for that, that intro. And for those of you who, who don't know me, my name is Allie Ball. I'm the founder and CEO of Food Biz Wiz. I'm a former grocery buyer turned wholesale consultant, and we help emerging food, beverage, and taxable grocery brands understand how to land on the retail shelf and how to have high sales once you're there, all through our signature program, Retail Ready. My favorite best vacation destination. I didn't even prep this. Gosh, I should have. Um, anywhere there is a tropical beach. I just want tropical. Okay. I think it's time to get serious. So I know we're going to talk about the core three for digital marketing. And last week, I ended with one of my favorite quotes. And so I'm actually going to ask you to kick it off with the quote that you've prepped for this episode. Oh, I just want to jump the, in there. Yeah, I love the setup, Allie. Thanks. So we we're we're pulling a quote. We first of all love quotes, uh, but we're pulling from Steve Jobs. Uh, he said it best. He said, "Focus and simplicity. Once you get there, you can move mountains." So our whole method is built on this idea of focusing in, and we call this strategy the core three. Like Allie said. And it includes the three digital marketing levers that we consider to be basically must-haves for brand success. So these are the pillars for digital marketing success. And these three things that we truly believe that any successful CPG brand should be doing and doing well to see true growth. And I will say that we've helped brands grow from inception to over $9 million in revenue. And we see these three pillars as the constants. So Karen, you want to, you want to talk about them? Yeah, let's talk about what these three levers are. You've heard us say it again and again, but we're real into the number three. And these three are truly what we see giving us the most growth when we implement them really effectively. So the first is organic social media. So social media marketing and content creation. And this is where you're creating really engaging content with the goal of generating community and building a community of advocates for your brand. The second lever that we talk about and that we do for our clients is paid social. So this is where you're acquiring new customers as well as focusing further down your marketing funnel by retargeting people that have engaged with your brand but haven't purchased yet. And never forget that people need at least five to eight touch points before they buy. And customers have a higher percent of converting if they are receiving content from different channels like organic and paid and email. So it really helps with increasing retention and loyalty from current customers. And uh, we're going to be talking about a marketing funnel. And the very first time I even heard the term, I did not go to marketing school, but I was at Vital Farms, my first CPG job. And they had somebody come in who was like, 
talking about his marketing funnel and he was going off the rails and it was not simple in his mind, but it's, 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 you can see it pretty simply. So it's this funnel where you're trying to bring in customers through awareness and then convert them and then make them loyal and then make them advocates of your brand. So simply put, that is your marketing funnel. And then your third lever to have an efficient marketing funnel is email marketing. And we call this the OG of digital marketing because it's been around for a really long time and it's still one of your strongest powerhouses for marketing. And it gives you direct access to your customer list. You own that customer data and you can share your promotions, any brand news, all of that good stuff through your email marketing. And it's just a really great place to indoctrinate new customers, new leads to your brand and increase that lifetime value. It's interesting as you talk about this, Karen, and you know, you refer to them as levers. That's literally the image that came up in my mind, like three different like pulleys that I can push or pull or engage depending on where I am you know, potentially like in my year or my launch strategy or my team's capacity or my production capacity or, you know, whatever it is, right? I just, it's, are you telling me I just like choose which lever to pull? Yeah. I mean, ideally you'd be pulling all of them. You will get, we want you to get to the point where you're pulling them all. Um, gotcha. But absolutely. If you're in this growth phase, if you don't have the means to do it, if you don't have the funds to hire someone to do it, if you don't have the skills to do it yourself, um, focus of course on the things that you think will make the most impact and mm. pull the other ones as soon as you can. <laughs> okay. So maybe it's more even like a, uh, like a, a dashboard where I'm picturing like a mixer or something where all three are sliding up and maybe one slides a little faster and then the other one catches up, but like all three are moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I love the symbolism here. Got it. Okay. But why these three tactics? When I think about marketing or, you know, when our brands think about marketing, there's so many options. Why not all the other options? Yeah, a great question. And the short answer to that is overwhelm. Um, I think each of us hit on our episode about CPG, just it, it's difficult. It's a difficult space because it's so multifaceted. There's so many things to juggle and to work on. And where do you put your focus? So the main reason we we preach three things is to help defeat overwhelm. So depending on where you are in your growth, your team generally cannot handle multiple channels. You can't handle an infinite. You want to be omni-channel. You can't handle an infinite amount of channels and do it well. So these are the three things that generally any small to medium team can focus in on. It is doable. um, And they can, focusing in on these three things, produce this quality, efficient funnel. Um, And we aren't against additional levers like we talked about, but it's when your business is ready. So doing these three things will create this profitable marketing machine alone, or as Ali says, a a mixing board (laughs) alone. Um, So just really thinking about, you know, where your business goals and understanding when you yourself, your team, your brand as a whole is ready. And that's when you know, you can expand beyond these three pillars. So you've got your marketing machine, your mixing board, your, you know, whatever this, this thing is, and you've got these three main pillars. You've got 
organic social, you've got paid social, and you've got email marketing. How do they all work together to to create this well-oiled machine? Yeah, so we're going to go back to that darn marketing funnel. Uh, And it just is a really wonderful way to be able to target potential customers and retarget old customers, which you should always be doing all the way through that funnel um, by using these three levers. So with organic social, you're really bringing awareness of your product to new audiences and maintaining interest and advocacy of your brand with um, your advocacy of, you know, that audience that already knows and loves your brand. And then we have paid social, increasing that awareness, that interest and desire for your products. And then we have email marketing, you know, promoting loyalty, getting those conversions and getting retention with those customers to keep coming back and purchasing. So it's a really good way to build this really small, lean marketing funnel that will follow your customer throughout that journey. And Karen, what I hear you say too is is almost what Adam talked about on episode number one, what I talked about last week is this this idea of building trust with the people who ultimately are going to be your biggest fans. And what I'm reading into this is with each of these levers, we're building trust in in all of these different channels with with our our potential audience. Yeah, and that's right. And when you think of the community and when you when you think of community outside of your brand, your business, when you're thinking of community in your town, when you're making strong connections with people, you are building trust. You're you're you like them and you're building trust with them. And that is so incredibly vital to your marketing plan as well. Yeah. So about, about community yeah. for, for a second. I know brands like everyone's talking about how you need to build community now. It's harder to rely on Facebook ads and other third parties to help find your customers. So you've got to kind of have your own first party data and, and build your own community. Are there a couple of quick tips or, or things you're seeing some brands do very, very well to help do that? I know like anything, it's relationship building and it takes time, but what are some ways to kind of get on the right path towards building your community? That's such a good question. And I would say, obviously it depends on your time commitment and it depends on your budget. Um, you'll see those two things factor into a lot of the marketing. Today, I had a discovery call with a a founder who hasn't yet launched his brand. And I asked him, you know, do you want to be the face of your brand? Do you want to have founder forward content? And he was like, you know, I don't know. You know, I really love Magic Spoon and Magic Spoon doesn't do it. I really love Kodiak Cakes and they don't really do it. And I'm like, okay, well, what do they have (laughs) that you may not have right now? You know, so one thing that I really love smaller founders doing that maybe don't have big, huge pocket books yet is really building a connection with founder forward content and never forgetting that it absolutely doesn't have to be perfect. You're just trying Mm -hmm. to make a connection by being really authentic. And again, building that trust with them. Um, So that's definitely my biggest piece of advice for a brand that wants to be able to build community like that. And then consistency is another Um, just showing up and giving yourself an amount of time that you think that you can devote to organic social for community building and sticking to it, pretending like you are your own boss because you are and making sure that you get it done the amount of times that you want to 
get it done a week. If you want to show up a couple times a week, if you want to show up five times a week, if you want to show up once, just be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to that too. Um, so looking further down the funnel for things like retention and loyalty, I mean, that that's still your community. I think a lot of people focus on the awareness stage of the funnel, the acquisition stage of the funnel, but what about the people that have already bought from you? How do you, you know, increase that, that trust, but in turn increase that lifetime value. So looking at things like, um, you know, loyalty and retention apps like smile.io is an app for Shopify that rewards you when you um, purchase from the website, you get points, things like that. So um, yeah, in addition to the acquisition phase, like think about how you can optimize the very bottom of your funnel. I think what's interesting is where my mind went when Adam asked that question was I was thinking about in-person community and I was like, oh, like how are these brands connecting with their, their followers and their fans like in person? And I love, I love that you just flipped it on, on its head for me and really focused on digital community and that, that online community that brands can create. It just proves to me that there's so many assumptions in marketing, or it's really interesting to watch where our brains go and recognize that there are so many ways to, to do this um, as we build businesses. So what happens when a business is feeling pretty solid, like with these three levers, should they expand past the, the three core levers? We, we believe so. Um, so that, and that's not to say that these things aren't enough. These three things aren't enough when done really, really well, but there's always other channels that, you know, niche are niche specific that could, uh, allow you to have cheaper costs and more efficient marketing funnel. So once you feel like you have these pillars in place, your brand is set up on this nice foundation, Um, that's when you can consider other marketing levers. For us, um, we generally recommend influencer campaigns, um, affiliate marketing campaigns, SMS marketing. Uh, I know it seems spammy, but it does does work. Um, Just reeling in a little bit. You don't need to text every day. Um, And then Google ads. Those are some of the things that we generally recommend for CPG brands once they're ready to expand um, past their foundation. Um, and of course, if you're funded or have a healthy budget or a, a team behind you, which not everyone has the luxury of having, uh, you can consider testing these things sooner rather than later to see what converts, um, what's most cost efficient. But really consider, I know we talked about this earlier, just really consider your 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 team, your brand's goals, overwhelm. Burnout is a real thing. Um, so really consider what you can handle and what you can do consistently and with quality as well. Mm. And, and Alison, what I, I think an aha moment for me here is that so often I think brands see things like influencer marketing or affiliate marketing to be under the, the umbrella of organic social or something like that. Right. So they're like, Oh, I thought I had to do it under that first pillar. And what I'm really hearing you say is like, no, organic social is literally like your own feed, your own stories, your own platforms, right. Or your own, your own content. And then you can layer those things in later. If you have 
the capacity. Right. Is that correct? That is exactly correct. Influencer and affiliate marketing are beasts in their own. Yes, they do technically fall under organic social for the most part, but they are time consuming. So we are not preachers of running an influencer campaign that's kind of, um, you know, automated or like bot automated. We are preachers of developing that know, like, and trust that we just talked about the same way that you act with your consumers and building that trust. That's how you should approach your partners, your affiliates, your influencers. And it takes a lot of time to build that trust and uh, a lot of effort. So that's why we consider it a next step. Yeah. And I mean, I know, again, like we've shared a bunch of clients as well, and I see that you've had success helping brand scale with just the three pillars alone, right? Yes, definitely. Um, I would say, you know, the majority of the brands that we work with, the majority of our students, it's these three things. Um, You know, it, it does matter how well you're doing them, what strategy you have in place. So all those things come into play, obviously, as well. Yeah. And so we've talked about these three things over and over again, organic paid and email. And we really want to touch a little bit more on your key performance indicators, your KPIs, because that's the only way you're going to make really good decisions. Because with social, with digital, things are always changing. I mean, it is a, I was about to curse, but it is a (laughs) wild place out there right now on social. And so just being able to make sure that you know your numbers and you're continuously testing um, is of utmost importance. So yeah, we think every brand should really have a set amount of primary KPIs that they always track and can lead their decision-making. Yeah. I mean, what gets measured gets managed, right? That's like the old adage. And it's, it's totally true with social media, especially like on the organic side where it's really easy to get sucked into and have that become your full-time job. And obviously as a founder, that's, it can't be. So I guess the question to you would be, what's the primary KPI you need to be tracking for your organic social? Yeah. So for organic social, and when we talk about that, we're talking about just the content that you're sharing on Instagram, on Pinterest, on TikTok, or whatever you're not spending dollars on through like ads, uh, that's organic social. So our primary KPI is engagement rates because you're trying to cultivate a community around social, uh, around your brand on social. That's the whole goal. Um, And so that the way they interact with your content and with your brand is obviously the most important thing. So when it comes to like actually giving you numbers, we think like smaller brands with under about 5,000 followers, you should be shooting for an engagement rate of two plus Um, And then obviously when you start getting more followers, uh, it's harder to balance that. So look for like 1% and up. Um, And if you're getting, if you're not getting a really quality engagement rate, it's really vital that you change your content strategy. So really paying attention to what content really hit, what people really interacted with, try and make it a series, do more of it in different ways uh, to try and generate that amount of engagement as well. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, just so people are clear on that. So when you say like a 2%, let's assume your account has 5,000 followers and you have a 2% engagement rate. That means that on any given post on average, 
around 100 people, give or take, are liking, commenting, sharing that post? Is that is that what you mean by that? So, so yeah, uh, you're trying to make me do math right now. So if you have like 5,000 followers and you're looking for- To be fair, I I had to punch that into a calculator. So (laughs) we're in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Generally, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it it depends on the brand, of course, and it depends on the time. So I don't want anybody listening to this right now, because if right now, if when we actually post this, um, which is a little bit of a difference, and obviously when we're filming it um, or recording it, uh, it's a little bit harder with algorithms right now to get that engagement rate up. Um, But just focusing on maintaining the engagement rate that you're seeing on your best performing posts um, is super, super helpful. Got it. That's great, Adam. That was exactly the question that I was going to ask. And we do have a rule here on the podcast and inside of Retail Ready that we don't do live math on, on Zoom. So... I love that rule. Yeah, no, no live math. Um, I didn't mean to make us break a rule. That's my fault. <laughs> I hope I get it. <laughs> and so, you know, even thinking about like for those brands who are like, I don't know, I'm bad at math or I don't want to do that. Thinking about there are tools to measure engagement as well, right? Like even I imagine like going into our business insights and looking at some of the data that's provided by these, these platforms, right? Yeah. So there's third party platforms that you can use. Um, We're always fans of just, you know, having the, being able to utilize a lot of things without spending a lot of money. So there's, there's a simple way to put it in a spreadsheet, just put all of your likes, comments, saves, shares, and just have it calculate in your spreadsheet um, Hmm. because it's free and we like free. Oh, I love that. Okay. But let's talk about paid. What is a primary KPI that needs to be tracked for your paid social. Yes. So before we get into that, I I do have to talk about the paid landscape and how much it has changed over the past year, even the past few months. Um, But hey, if we don't change, we don't grow, (laughs) right? So if you're uh, into uh, paid advertising, if you've been running paid ads, you are probably very aware of what I'm saying. If you're new, I don't want this to scare you. It's just, we have to think of things a little bit differently. So for e-commerce campaigns, our primary KPIs are EROAS, which means estimated return on ad spend, and also CPA, which is cost to acquire a customer, or some people call it CAC, C-A-C. So I'll talk about EROAS first. So EROAS is basically a holistic view of your business. So we're basically looking at how much we're spending versus how much we're making in revenue here. Um, Basically, your total revenue divided by your total spend. We look at this weekly um, as well as monthly. Um, And then we're obviously checking on our ads daily. As a, you know, a smaller team or a founder, if you're running your own ads, I would probably look at this weekly and monthly. Monthly is where you're going to be able to make decisions, um, but it's also always nice to know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, But yeah, so ERAS is one of our main KPIs. Unfortunately, gone are the days that you are able to track and attribute direct return on your ad spend. Thanks to new privacy laws. Shout out to iOS 14. 
Um, so instead you have to think holistically, you have to look at your business in a, a holistic way and understand how much you're spending overall and how it affects your return. Um, so generally for brands, we are shooting for an EROAS just to give you kind of a baseline here. Uh, we want an EROAS generally no smaller than 400%. So for every dollar we're spending, we're the, the company is making at least $1, um, $4 back, excuse me. For new brands, shoot for a goal of 100% EROAS. If you're breaking even, you're spending a dollar on an ad and bringing in a dollar, that is awesome because then you can use your email funnels. Um, you can continue to indoctrinate through organic means um, and sell through organic means and uh, continue to retarget and re-engage that customer and increase that overall lifetime value. So breaking even here is still a great goal. I will say that. And then secondly, we have to talk about CPA cost to acquire a customer um, for e-commerce. This is generally cost per purchase. Um, so we have put together a free calculator. It's called our break-even calculator, and we'll share it in the show notes with you all. Um, you'll input your COGS and other information on your product to understand how much you can spend to acquire a new customer, a very important metric to know. Um, and so a great CPA is going to depend on your product uh, and your product costs and uh, just making sure that you are at least breaking even on a sale. This is, again, just a great initial goal to have, especially with our current paid landscape. Um, and as you you gain a customer for break even, again, continue to sell to them through email marketing funnels, retargeting them, remarketing to them. Yeah. So you mentioned iOS 14 and all the changes that came about with digital marketing as a result of that. Basically, it's harder now to track where purchases are coming from because Apple's put privacy at the forefront. So that obviously has implications for your, your paid social, but I know it has some implications for email as well, because it's kind of harder to track who's opening things and maybe clicking things. But yeah, so on that note, I guess, what are what are some primary KPIs you need to be tracking for email and and have or how have those those privacy changes uh, impacted email as well? Yeah, uh, Apple really hit us last yes, year, the past did. two years. <laughs> so um, Allison already mentioned iOS 14. Uh, and we've been talking a lot about like problems, like problems in ops and retail and digital marketing, but they're good problems and problems that we can solve all together. So iOS 15 was the email privacy uh, update that they did where you can no longer track open rates. So pretty much TLDR, uh, Apple will automatically show that an Apple person has opened it, even if they have not. Once they receive, they get delivered that email. So you'll all notice if you have been running email or sending emails is that your open rates have increased exponentially since that has happened. It doesn't affect Android users, but a lot of people use Apple. So open rates were a really good primary KPI for us. It, it was like, oh, my subject line was on fire on that one because our open rates were so high. So what we have had to do is just pivot and our primary KPI is click-through rates. So that depends on your list size as well. But 
As a general rule of thumb, we'd like to see your click-through rate above like one above one percent, above two percent if you can. And that means your emails are encouraging your leads to really click through and shop or learn more about the content that you're sharing in your emails. And so um, a tip for you if you're not getting that click-through rate at one percent or above consider some optimizations, some tactics to try and get people to click through. You could personalize the subject line and the email that you're sending with your subscribers' names so they feel more connected to you and your content. You're speaking directly to them. Or you can test your send days and your times. Somebody told us the other day that their best send days were on the weekends. Um, and that was never a thing, you know? So just you have to test it to know what's going to work. Another way you can increase click-through rate is uh, editing your CTA buttons. They can be bigger and brighter with, you know, more enticing language being like, get your discount, really personalize it to the person reading it. So, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can try and optimize to get that primary KPI up. Mm, I... Love this. And Adam, what were you going to say? I know you had one. I just had one note, Uh, something you mentioned personalization. And I I do think, think that's important. And most people go like either in the subject line or like so-and-so comma, and then they start the email. I was reading someone's email the other day and I thought it was genius, like buried halfway in. They did a, like, they made a point. They're like, that's pretty cool, Adam, isn't it? Like it was buried in there after I was, I'd already read and I was like getting value. And then they just like threw in a little like uh, mail merge right there for me. And I thought that was so smart because I, I just like normally once you get past that opener, it's it's that's there's no more personalization. So just another interesting little like anecdote I saw around someone using personalization really, really well. Oh, I love that. You're like, oh, they are really talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm at her, you know, so I, I thought that was that was pretty cool. That's smart. I I feel like we could keep talking for hours and hours. And I I just so appreciate the simplicity of your framework, the idea of these three levers that, that folks can pull, and then understanding what the key KPI is for each of these levers. I mean, it, we talked about this the entire series, but knowing your numbers is so important for growth as well as attracting investment. So I'm curious as we wrap up here, where can people start learning your strategies that have helped so many of our mutual clients, so many amazing brands in our CPG space? Where do people go next? Yeah. So um, you can take our free five-day mini course. It's going to walk you through some of our core three strategies, and it's going to give you some actionable tasks that you can apply right now to grow your brand, no matter what stage you are at. And you can find that at umaimarketing.com slash mini course. Awesome. So that's what we're going to officially assign our listeners as their task from today's episode, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. We will put that in the show notes. So before we wrap up, I want to say a couple of things. First off, I didn't get to say this um, so clearly at the beginning of any of these episodes, but Umai Marketing and Rodeo CPG are two of my favorite resources in the CPG space. And I'm I'm just so grateful that the three of us have come together and made this mini series for our listeners and have realized that it, it really does take all of these moving parts, operations, retail strategy, and digital marketing strategy to create a, a healthy 
thriving brand. So, so much uh, respect for you guys and appreciation that you devoted so much time for us with this mini series. Thank you guys for being here. It was awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course. So one last time, tell us where can people find you and make sure to drop your Instagram handle and I'll, I'll give our listener listeners a little call to action at the end. Umai Marketing, give us the recap again. All right. Well, beyond our free five-day mini course, you can also follow us on our Instagram. It's at Umai Marketing. And we share, we try to share a lot of helpful tips and tricks for CPG brands. Um, beyond that, we love to chat with anyone and everyone. So you can send us an email at hello at umaimarketing.com. Awesome. How about you, Adam? Where can people keep in touch with you and Rodeo? Yeah, uh, we're on Instagram and TikTok these days at Rodeo CPG. Uh, you can get more info about our, our whole business at rodeocpg.com. And yeah, if you want to send me a personal email, adam at rodeocpg.com. Awesome. And I can be found on Instagram at it's Allie Ball or on my website at foodbizwiz.com. So in addition to your action of taking the free five-day mini course from Umai Marketing, I'm going to task our listeners with screenshotting this episode and posting it to your stories. Tag all three of us, tag Rodeo, Umai Marketing, and me, and we will give you a follow right back and make sure that we get to keep in touch with your brand. All right, you guys, thank you again for being here with me. Thank you to our listeners for taking part in this three-part mini-series. And I can't wait to have you back on the podcast sometime soon. Bye, you guys. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Guys. Thank you. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls, and I'd love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again really soon and kicks off with my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business. I have that linked here in the show notes, and I can't wait for you to join to learn more about me and how I work with clients, to find out whether Retail Ready is the right fit for you and to learn my three steps to growing your packaged food biz. Come join me via the link in the show notes and I'll see you there. Thanks for listening in on our three-part mini-series on ops, retail, and digital marketing strategies that we've helped our million-dollar brands put into place. Before you take off, I want to double-check. I want to make absolutely sure that you know that we are about to do the drawing for our giveaway that we're hosting as part of this mini-series. That's right. You can win an hour of one-on-one consulting time with Umai Marketing, Rodeo CPG, and me here at Food Biz Wiz just by entering. I'll link up all of the giveaway details in our show notes, and you'll want to make sure you enter by end of day on July 21st. From here, the key is to implement. Whether you listen to all three of the episodes in our mini series, or you need to go back and catch the other two, you likely learn something valuable that you're interested in putting in place for your brand. You've heard me say this before on the podcast, but it's one thing to listen and not along, and it's a whole other thing to sit down and make changes in your business. It is time. Are you ready to implement? I want to hold you accountable, so send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at It's Allie Ball, and let me know what you're going to put in place first. 
I would love to know so I can cheer you on, so I can hold you to it, and so I can give your food business a follow right back. So thank you, as always, for tuning in, for rating the Food Biz Whiz podcast if you found it valuable, and for continuing the conversation in our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. If you're not in there already, find your invite in the show notes. I'll see you over there very soon and right back here next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Whiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.